covenant only work when you take the necessary step to actualize it. It is not automatic. If it's automatic, every believer will prosper. Every believer will be rich. But we all know that many believers are suffering financially. We all know that not too many people are rich because the step to prosperity has to be taken for you to prosper. What are the steps to be taken? Number one, your mindset has to change. The way you think has to change. Prosperity begins from within. We saw that as the first step. Until you change from within, you see prosperity, you cannot prosper. We are told from scripture, told John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that I may prosper and be in health, even as thy soul, as your mind is prospering, your spirit is prospering. So your prosperity begins from within. Your prosperity begins from within. For as a thinker in his heart, so is he. Chapter 23 of Proverbs, verse 7. As a thinker, so is he. Here, you have to see it first from within to become it. If you can't see prosperity, and all you are seeing is poverty and lack, you cannot mistakenly prosper. You have to see it first to walk into it. Number two, you must speak prosperity to prosper. The Bible tells us death and life and the power of the tongue. And they that love me shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life and the power of the tongue. They that love me shall eat the fruit thereof. So, prosperity is in your tongue. Poverty is in your tongue. Death is in your tongue. Life is in your tongue. You can't be confessing and speaking lack and be mistakenly rich. You can't be saying I'm broke. I don't have and eventually have. You can't be saying things are not working and things will work. You can't be saying things are very hard in this country and things will be okay for you. It is what you say that you have. It is what you say that God gives to you. Mark chapter 11 verse 23. Very, very I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. But shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. He shall have whatsoever he said. You will always have whatever you say. You will have prosperity if you speak prosperity. You will have poverty if you speak poverty. It is what you say that you have. It, what you are seeing in your life today is what you said yesterday. What is happening in your life today is what you said yesterday. Whether you believe it or not, it's what you say. So you want to change the course of your life today. What do you do? You change what you are saying and then everything begins to change about your life. You begin to confess prosperity in the midst of lack. You declare abundance in the midst of lack. Isaiah 3 verse 10. He says, Say ye to the righteous, it shall be well with him, for he shall eat the fruit of his doing. Say, say to the righteous, say it. So until you say it, you cannot have it. Until you say it, it cannot be actualized in your life. And nobody can say it better than you say it. You are the greatest prophet of your life. You must learn how to say what you want to see. Numbers 14, 28. He says, say unto them, as truly as I live, as they have spoken in my ears, so will I do unto them. As they have spoken in my ears, so will I do unto them. So it is what you say in the ears of God that God will confirm in your life. God will always confirm what you say, whether it is right or wrong. Angels are waiting to ensure that what you say come to pass. Don't say I mistakenly said it. I didn't. I was just playing. Angels don't know whether you are playing. Once you said I don't even know what is happening, nothing will happen in your life. Once you said nothing is working, angel will ensure that nothing is working in your life. It is what you say that you have. Psalm 103, verse 20. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. Angels take instruction from your mouth and they carry them out effectively. Chapter 5 of Ecclesiastes, verse 6. Number 3, step you must take. You see, these are covenant steps. You must keep taking them to keep to prosper. You keep taking them. Yes, prosperity is your portion. It's your, it's your heritage. But if you don't take this step, you will remain on the ground. Number 3, you must be diligent. You must be hardworking. No lazy person prosper in this kingdom. 
Yes, you can see yourself prospering. You can speak prosperity. But if you don't walk prosperity, you will not prosper. You must settle down to walk. It takes hard work to prosper. Proverbs 10 verse 4. He become a poor that dealeth with a slack hand. But the hand of the diligent maketh rich. He was not ordained to be poor before, but he became poor because he will not work with his hand. He's busy talking. He's busy dreaming, but he will not work. The hand of the diligent maketh rich. You want to prosper, you must work. And there is nothing you are doing that has no future if you are going to work it. There is no business you are doing, especially when it's legitimate, that you will put your life into that will not deliver. The reason why many people are begging today, you have a lot of beggars in the church, beggars, beggar Christians, because many will not work and they're expecting to work. It is what you sow that you reap. If you work hard, you will prosper well. If you work hard, you will prosper well. For somebody to be saying, to be saying things are not working in Nigeria, it's a lie. A lot of things are working in Nigeria. For me, things are working for me. Is somebody hearing me right now? Things are working. Oh, somebody said things are very hard in the country. It's not true. Things are only hard for those who will not break it. Who will not break the rock? Who will not work? If you settle down to work, you will prosper anywhere. The covenant empowers you to prosper anywhere you are. If they put you on top of the rock, you should prosper there. They put you in the valley, you should prosper there. They put you in the sea, you should prosper there. The covenant empowers you to prosper anywhere you find yourself. Psalm chapter 1, verse 3. He said, whatsoever I do it, shall prosper. Anywhere, shall prosper. I'd like to challenge everyone here tonight to get down to work. Many Christians pray, but they will not work. Prayer without working is playing without knowing. Prayer without working is playing without knowing. Playing away without knowing. You can spend all the day praying. If you will not work, you are playing. Prayer will never take the place of work. All things are possible to those who will work it out. All things are possible to those who will work it out. Those who will settle down to work. You have a small kiosk and you are committed to it, my friend, before you know it, you become a supermarket. You get more committed before you know it, you become a chain of business. It is commitment to see whatever you are doing grow. God does not bless laziness. He blesses hard work. Deuteronomy 28 verse 8. Deuteronomy 28 verse 12. Deuteronomy 28 verse 8. Deuteronomy 28 verse 12. God bless what you set your hand on to do. Not what you lay off from doing. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses. And in all that you set your hand unto. You set your hand unto. All you set your hand unto. Some of you think until you work in a bank, you cannot prosper. That is a lie. Some of you think until you work in the oil company, you cannot prosper. That is a lie. Some of you think until they work in the multi, I mean, communication system, you cannot prosper. That is a lie. When you are connected to this covenant, even the spear water you are selling, and you are committed to it, you will prosper. You will prosper. If all you are doing is trading the covenant, you will prosper. If you are a staff somewhere, a civil servant somewhere, you are a secretary somewhere, and you put your heart into what you are doing, God will prosper. We are talking about the blessing of the Lord that make it rich and added no soil. God blesses those who are working hard. He said, whatever you set your hand on to do, he will bless you. I cannot imagine myself not prospering. It's not possible. You know why pastors are prospering nowadays? They are working. In those days, many, many years back, pastors don't work. Amen. What pastors do? You see them sleeping in a mission house. They wake up in the morning and enjoying the environment. They will not work. But the reason today you see pastor prospering flying plane, our own plane is coming very soon. Put your hands together for Jesus for that. You better, you better clap properly because you will see it when it comes. Alright. 
Now, the reason why you see Pastor prospering, flying plane today, like we will start flying our own, is because pastors are working. My father and the Lord work 18 hours in the day. 18 hours. At times, speaking to him, he will tell me, I, I slept 2 a.m., 3 a.m., working. Amen. 2 a.m., 3 a.m. You cannot work and not prosper. You are, you are too lazy, and God does not bless lazy people. So that's why pastors, people think that pastoring is doing nothing. You just come around. When you say you are called, you just come around and then maybe what you are doing is just praying. My friend, you will, you will suffer. You will suffer if you don't work. I've never asked any member of this church for anything and I will never do that. There is nothing we are doing in this church that I'm not part of. We are sowing the seed I'm part of it. Is somebody hearing me right now? Working hard to prosper. How can you pastor a church like this and you are not calling members for assistance and you are not on salary, so to say, yet your needs are met? It takes hard work. So you need to work your way to prosperity. Stop wishing, stop dreaming, stop talking. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 23. In all labor there is profit, but the talk of the lips tended to penury. In all labor there is profit, but the talk of the lips tended to penury. You are always talking, announcing what you are going to do, but you will not work. So it takes hard work to prosper. Whatsoever he do it, do it. So he must be doing something. Whatsoever he do it, he shall prosper. You must do something. And hard work means you are there consistently and persistently until you begin to show. Genesis 26 from verse 12 to 22. We saw Isaac persistently, tirelessly working until he broke through. Not that you do it for a while and you start saying you are tired and you get out of it. No. If you must prosper, no one hour must be wasted in your life. No one hour must be wasted in your life. Don't sit down behind the television and all you are watching is Hollywood. Hollywood or Nollywood. The people you are watching are working. They are working. They are working. That's their job. And you now sit down to start watching those who are working. You need to start working. People who work don't have time to watch television. People who work don't have time to watch anything. It's time for you to start working. You sit down with social media. For one hour, for two hours, you are busy chatting on social media with demons and devils that you don't know. The one you know about, you, you contribute. The one you don't know about, you are typing something there. They didn't ask you for any opinion. You are typing. Who invited you? You don't have work to do. When I see people visiting people's pages, I wonder, don't you have work to do? Eh? I don't have the time. You now started opening pages of people, finding out what they are saying, what they are doing, looking at photographs. People who make news don't watch news. It takes hard work to make news. It takes hard work to make news. Well, the goodness is this. This year, you will make news in the name of Jesus Christ. Your business will make news in the name of Jesus. I didn't hear you living in man. Your career will make news in the name of Jesus Christ. That amen should be a louder amen, somebody. You don't make news sitting down. You make news walking. 
walking, walking, walking. I don't think you can find me, I do. It's very difficult to find me, I do. That I'm doing nothing. Ah, it's difficult. Finding me, I do doing nothing, it's very difficult. My, I walk back to back. So as I'm finishing one, I'm taking another one. As I'm finishing the one, I'm moving to another one, back to back, as a pastor. Because somebody's wondering, what's pastor doing? <laughs> Praise the Lord. When I came into the ministry, I said to myself, anywhere this gospel is preached all over the world, nobody will push me aside. Anywhere the gospel is preached all over the world, nobody will push me aside. I mean, that demands hard work. And I can tell you something, we are going somewhere because God is giving us this city and this nation. That amen should be very loud. I say God is giving us this city and this nation. Very soon, you keep hearing about this church everywhere, all over this nation. Anywhere you turn to, you will hear about the church. That's why we are working. My father looked at me one day. He said to me, he said, do you know why we are working? It's working. I love that. He said, do you know why we are working? It's working. When you work, it will work. Amen? It's not working because you are not working. Hallelujah. It's not working because you are not working. You can't be working and things should not be working. My God. Well, from today, I see things working for you. I said, I see things working for you. Lift your two hands and shout three powerful men like thunder somebody. You work hard, it will show. Today, we are privileged to speak to the world from this place. From this place. We are privileged to speak to the world from here. People reach out to me from everywhere around the world. Because you are working, you are working, you are working, you are working. So please go and walk. Go and walk. Settle down with your assignment and bury your whole life into it. It will show. Bury your whole life into what you are doing. It will show. Stop playing around with people going nowhere. Stop making, you see, people like us, I'm ashamed to beg. I can't beg. And because I cannot beg anybody for anything, I have to walk. The days of begging is over in your life in Jesus' name. I said the days of begging is over in your life in the name of Jesus. I said the days of begging is over in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's move forward today. Covenant step to financial prosperity number four. Wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom begets wealth. Wisdom give birth to wealth. Show me a wise man. I will show you a man that will command prosperity. The wealthiest God was the wisest God. He's the wisest God. Psalm 104 verse 24. The wealthiest God is the wisest God. Psalm 104, verse 24. How manifold, Lord, how manifold are thy works. In wisdom hast thou made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. It is wisdom that produces riches. The wealthiest man that ever lived as a king, David, was the wisest king at the same time. First Kings chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. Every wealth we are seeing in the world today was created by the wisdom of God. Chapter 3 of Proverbs, verse 16. The Bible says, length of days is in the right hand of wisdom. Riches is in the left hand of wisdom. Chapter 8 of Proverbs 18. The Bible says durable riches. Riches that come with honor. Riches and honor are with me. That's the wisdom speaking. Riches that come with honor. You know there are some people who are rich, but there is no honor with the riches. There are names you mention in this country, they have money. But when you hear their name, there is no honor there. 
They got the money by crook. They stole from the pocket or from the coffer of the church of the of the, of the nation. They, they stole our money and they packed the money outside the country. They buried the money in their family. So why you hear their name? There is no honor there. But there are riches that come with honor. And those riches, the Bible said, they are durable riches. It is wisdom that gives back that kind of riches. That's the riches you are going to walk in in Jesus' name. I said, that's the riches you are going to walk in in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me hear a loud amen, somebody. What is wisdom? Divine wisdom is engaging the help of God or the help of God to manage small, small things well to create big things. Engaging the help of God to manage small things well to create big things. God will never start you big in life. He will start you small in any area. The ability for you to manage that small thing that God gives to you and it multiplies in your hand is what they call wisdom. You can't just come into the world and God will give you one billionaire now. No, he will never do that. It will start with small money. Then your ability to manage that small money and then multiply that money and the money keep increases and then before you know it, it becomes a lot of money. It's what they call divine wisdom. Luke chapter 16 verse 10. He that is faithful in the least shall be faithful in, in, in much. He that is unjust in the least shall be unjust in much. Matthew 25 verse 21 and 23. You have been faithful over a few things. Now I will make you rule over many things. What is wisdom or divine wisdom? Divine wisdom is knowing how to make it. How you can make it in life by engaging God's higher ways. How you can make it in life by engaging God's higher ways. Isaiah chapter 55 verses 8 and 9. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. Verse 9. As the earth is higher than the as the heaven is higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Divine wisdom means you are engaging God's higher ways. God hires thoughts to go high in life. What is divine wisdom that generates wealth? Number three. The word divine wisdom is reasoning with God through scriptures. You are reasoning with God through the word, scriptures. You are in a challenge. What does God's word say about this challenge? Somebody came to my office. She had been looking for, for to see me for over one month. I didn't give her an appointment. She didn't have an appointment to see me. Because she had been beaten and battered by the devil. According to her testimony, she used to count millions every month. Millions every month. But today, it's no longer there. The enemy has afflicted her and buffeted her in diverse ways. And when she came to see me one or two days ago, and I sat her down, and I began to reasoning with her from the scripture, she came crying. She came weeping because of what she has gone through or what she's going through. But by the time I opened her eyes to see what the word is saying, she left my office laughing. Put your hands together for Jesus. She left my office not just laughing. She could see that there was a way out for her in her predicament. She could see that things were turning around for her. Even before I prayed for her, I've not even prayed. When the tears in her eyes wiped off immediately and she busted into laughter, into joy because things just suddenly turned around for her from reasoning with scripture. I pray for somebody here today Every hopeless situation that came with you here tonight shall be turned around for you in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me hear your loud amen, somebody. Let me hear your loud amen, somebody. Reasoning with scriptures. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 26. I will liken the man that heareth my saying and do them to a wise man. A wise man. That means you look at the example of scripture. People, there's nothing you are going through that has, somebody has not gone through in scripture. 
There is no challenge you have gone through or you are going through right now that somebody has not been challenged with in scripture. What did they do to come out of it? That's what you actually say. What did they do? When Abraham waited for 25 years and couldn't have a child, and every road appeared to be blocked, what did Abraham do to come out of 25 years of barrenness? Find out. That's reasoning we go. Whatever Abraham did, find out from Abraham's lifestyle. What did he do? If you do the same Abraham did, you will get the same result. That's reasoning with God according to scripture. When Joseph was challenged, he moved from being a, a, a slave to becoming a prisoner, from the pit to becoming a slave and then to the prisoner, uh, to becoming a prisoner. What was Joseph's attitude? What were the things Joseph was doing that now made God to break the yoke of 30 years of starvation in his life? What did he do? What was his attitude? That's reasoning with God. So whatever Joseph did, engage it in your life, you'll get the same result. That's reasoning with God through scriptures. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 10. He said, come and let us reason together. Come and let us reason together. Let me give you this practical example. Many years ago, Pastor Debo, you shared this testimony. He was traveling by sea and the ship was in on, in his, I mean, was attacked by a storm, and it was like everything was shaking. The thing would go up, everything would go up, boom, and then it would come down, bam. It was like they were going to sink inside the ocean. Everything was scattered in the room. He prayed. He didn't know what to do. And then he now asked God, What should I do? And God said to him, When Jesus was in the sea and there was a storm, what did he do? What did Jesus do? Talk to me now. No, he slept off. What was he doing? He slept off. It was the unbeliever that came to wake him that made him to rebook. He didn't, he, he, he didn't rebook anyone. He was sleeping. But the unbelievers in the ship came and said, ah, we are perishing. For they are taking the wind. If Jesus did not rebook the wind, the wind will come down by itself. He slept. And so God said to him, since you saw that I slept when there was a small storm, you to go and sleep. So in the midst of the storm, he slept. By the time he woke up, everything was calmed down. Put your hands together for Jesus. That's reasoning with God through scripture. So hey, instead of worrying yourself overnight, you cannot sleep down. There's young ladies here now trusting God for husband. There are wrinkles on their faces. They can't sleep because of challenges they are going through. They stay awake in the night. Many of you are so challenged that you lose your sleep. Find out what somebody did from scripture when he was challenged like you. What did he do? Do the same. You get the same result. That's what they call wisdom. It's very simple. I am not bothered about anything. Amen. Somebody shout hallelujah. I'm not bothered about anything. I live a worryless life. Worry. Less. What did I call it? Worryless life. Worryless life. I live an anxiety-free life. Anxiety-free life. I don't bother myself about anything. Amen. I refuse to be bothered by anything. I don't allow what I'm seeing to dictate what is on my inside. My inside control my appearance, not my environment. <laughs> I don't allow whether you come to church, you don't come to church to affect me. It doesn't affect me. Is somebody hearing me right now? Because I never saw Jesus worry once in scripture. Jesus was always in control of situation. Amen. He was always in charge. He was always dominating situation. That's what they call divine wisdom. From today, you are coming out of every form of worry in the name of Jesus Christ. I said you are coming out of every form of worry in the name of Jesus Christ. Please, engage God's word for your liberty. Engage God's word for your prosperity. 
Let me tell you, God will never intervene in your situation until you stop worrying. God will never intervene. God will never step into your fear until you stop worrying. As long as you keep worrying, you, are, you will be the one to, to make it happen by yourself. Chapter 14 of Exodus verse 14. He said, the Lord shall fight for you. You shall hold your peace. The Lord shall fight for you. You shall hold your peace. God does not fight for you until you are at peace. The Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Somebody here wants to enjoy divine intervention. The secret to divine intervention is to be at rest at all times. From within, you are at rest. You are calm. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. You know, I, I share, we share, those of us who didn't come for third service, you may not hear this. We shared a testimony on the third service last Sunday about the victory that God gave to us over this property, the third service. That legal tussle was for over almost 12 years. 12 years. It was back-to-back -back attack from the pit of hell. But do you know what? I never lost my sleep one day. Never. God will never step into your fear until you are at rest and you are at peace. Glory be to God. I never call a meeting. What shall we do now? Eh? They are coming. Oh, they are coming. Oh, what are we going to do now? I never needed encouragement. Nobody ever encouraged me, including my wife. Nobody ever said that encouraged me. Encouraged me. I say, because the person that is discouraged is the one that you will encourage. Abby, talk to me. Is that not true? Every spirit of discouragement around your life, I bind it. And I cast it out of your life in the name of Jesus Christ. I don't allow negative news to bother me. Is somebody hearing me right now? It doesn't bother me. <laughs> Glory be to God. I don't allow what is not happening. I allow what is written from the word to dictate the happenings around me. Not the happenings around me to dictate my life. No. It's time for you to wake up. From today, people will see Christ in your life in Jesus' name. That's what it means to be a Christian. If you worry the way they worry, there's no difference. If you go through what they are going through, there's no difference. Is somebody hearing me right now? There's no difference. One of my precious deacons came to me after the service last Sunday and said to me, you know what? I noticed that even all through the battle, I saw confidence in you. Confidence. Because confidence is the backbone of conquerors. Confidence is the backbone of conquerors. You'll never conquer any battle in life without confidence. And you can't be filled with the word of God and then be full of confidence. You need that to overcome all battles of life. Confidence. I've never come to any church service and said, let's raise prayer. In fact, church members did not know there was a battle. <laughs> Amen. Did you know? I didn't come to intercessory department. Okay, are you awake? Good. I didn't come to the prayer group. I said, prayer group, please raise prayer point for us. Oh, it never happened. I didn't raise any prayer point with my wife concerning it. I didn't raise any prayer point among pastor. Pastor, you are there, pastor. You have been here for so many years. You didn't even know we are fighting battle. Him, he didn't know. They didn't know. It was not an issue because God was in control. God was in control for the battle and he won the battle. Therefore, I decree every battle in your life today, you will win the battle in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare for somebody here, you will never lose any battle in your life again. I didn't hear your living amen. You will never lose any battle in your life again. I said you will never lose any battle in your life again. The last battle you lost before you came to this service is the last one you ever lose your life in the name of Jesus Christ. Lift your two hands and shout three powerful amen like thunder.
shall it be. That's it. One of the things that you enjoy by wisdom is rest. When you see a, see a man of wisdom, it's at rest. It's at peace. The Bible says, among the blessings of wisdom is that you enjoy some pleasantness. Quickly, because of time. What is in divine wisdom? Or what are in divine wisdom that generate wealth? When a man operates divine wisdom, how does he empower you to generate wealth? Follow this. Number one. When you work in divine wisdom, you have access to creativity. Creativity. Divine inspiration. God giving you creative mind. Divine solution. Ability to provide solution in the midst of challenges. God give you divine ideas. Divine ideas. One idea will turn your business around. One idea will turn your story around. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 12. What is in wisdom? Witty inventions. I love that. Witty inventions. Witty inventions. Somebody asked me when we were negotiating for this property. One pastor asked me. He's a lawyer. Because we got this property very cheap. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Very, very cheap. The property at that time was 650 million. But it was worth about 2 billion naira at that time. This property. Very cheap. And we got it at our own condition to the glory of God. So the man asked me, say, did you employ somebody to negotiate for you, a professional? I said, no. He said, so you engage the wisdom of God. I said, the wisdom of God. I am the one who negotiated it by the grace of God. I didn't call anybody. No, no meeting. No body from the church assisted. I was the one who told them, this is how much you are going to pay. They said, no. I said, this is how much you are going to pay. They said, it's not I said, this is how much you are going to pay. <laughs> They said, no. I said, this is how much you are going to pay. And this is how we are going to pay it. Put your right hand on your head. I decree an impartation of divine wisdom upon your life tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. Wisdom for creativity. Wisdom for divine inspiration. Wisdom for solution in the midst of challenges. Receive it in the name of Jesus. I decree from this night, you will never be stranded in life again in the name of Jesus Christ. From tonight, you will always know what to do to come out of every challenge in the name of Jesus Christ. From tonight, you will always know what to do to move to your next level in the name of Jesus Christ. So shall it be. Something has come on you. Somebody put your hands together for Jesus. Job 32 verse 8. He said there is a spirit in man. Job chapter 2 32 verse 8. There is a spirit in man. And the inspiration of the Almighty give them understanding. Divine understanding. You just find yourself in a problem and you just know what to do. You take 1,000 naira and you know how to use 1,000 naira to become 10,000 naira. And with 10,000, you know how to multiply it, become 100,000. Then with 100,000, you know how to multiply it, become 1 million. Then 1 million comes to your hand and then become 10 million. 10 million comes and you come before you know become 100 million. Then 100 million, you start talking about 1 billion. In this church, there will be many billionaires this year. If you are among them, let your amen be the loudest in the name of Jesus. What you need is the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. There is nobody here that God has not blessed in one way or the other. Nobody here. Everyone here has encountered a major financial blessing one day or the other. One time or the other. But because you lack the wisdom of God to multiply it, the money finishes in your hand. Many of you here have seen one million. Many of you have seen some hundred of thousand. But you didn't know how to multiply. You now took the money and went to ShopRite. I went to Domino's. 
And you started buying, what do you call that ranting? Pizza. You bought pizza, and you know they have different flavors, Abby. You buy, so all the flavors you have here, I want them. You buy pizza, you now see that. What of ice cream? I bring ice cream. You add ice cream to eat. Amen? And before you know it, then you call your friends. Next week, we are going to Sheraton. 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 Then you carry everybody to Sheraton. From Sheraton, you now go to Chinese. 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 You get to Chinese. You eat and you eat and then your belly. It's not, it's not, you, are, you now become pregnant as a man. Everybody here has been blessed one way or the other. You have had one, one major breakthrough or the other that God has given to you. But you lack the ability to generate it. When this church was starting in 1998, let me share this testimony with you. Somebody had the vision that this church was starting. All right? And believed so much in me. And so they see the one million naira. One million naira. 1998. It was a check of Diamond Bank. One million. 1998. At the same time, he sold that money to my life. He also sold another, to another man who is a believer. He gave him one million naira. Two of us were given one million naira. Look at one million naira. What has I done today? The other person took the one million naira and started a bookshop. After one or two years, everything, mafuka, nothing. He started selling diesel eventually from one million naira. Today, nothing to write home about. He gave me one million naira, I put him to God's house. Look at the house of God. Look at the house of God. Look at you today. Look at you today. This church is worth billions of naira today just by engaging the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. Quickly. Number two. What is in divine wisdom that generates wealth? Divine direction. With the wisdom of God, you are, you are guided to the right place where your breakthrough is. You are guided and directed to where your blessing is. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 10. He said wisdom is profitable to direct. It directs you. Directs you. You just know what to do. You go about doing it and then things are working. Number three. What is the divine wisdom that generates wealth? Stability. Divine wisdom stabilizes you. There are many that have not recovered today from the pandemic. So many businesses died after the pandemic. So many of them died. Is somebody hearing me right now? So many died. So many people are suffering today. So many people were laid off from jobs after the pandemic. But you see, with wisdom, whether that is pandemic or pandemic or lamemic, you will overcome it. The wisdom of God will give you stability in the midst of challenges. It stabilizes your business. It stabilizes your career. You are going from one level to another level to another level. No, not up and down. It's always up and up with the wisdom of God. Not more and less. It's more and more and more and more. So I decree for somebody here today. By the wisdom you are receiving tonight, God will stabilize your business in Jesus' name. God will stabilize your destiny in the name of Jesus. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 to 26. He said, when the wind come, when the, 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 the water of life come against you, by the wisdom of God, he said, therefore, he, whosoever hearing this year of mine and doeth them, I will like him to a wise man. We built his house upon a rock. Verse 25. And the rain descended. And the floods came. Challenges of life are coming. It will always come. The only reason why you have challenges is when the day you die. If you don't want to have challenges in your life, die. Somebody say, ah, I have a lot of problems. As long as you are in this war, problem will come. Are you following me right now? Somebody said, people, a lot of people have problems. There's nothing like, it, that is normal. Problem is, is part of life. Did you hear me? Problem is part of life. The way you now see problem is what matters. Some people see problem as a mountain. Some see problem as a stepping stone to the next level. Problem for me is the back door to success. Problem is not the end of your life. Problem is showing you that you are going to another level. Is somebody saying loud amen? That's the it. As long as you're in this war, problem will come. You don't want to see problem, then die. The day you die, no more problem. You are going to heaven straight. But if you don't want 
if you want to live here, you will have challenges. It's normal. It's normal to life. Do you go to the next level in life without passing an exam or writing an exam? When you were in secondary school, you wrote class one exam, you moved to class two. You wrote class two, you moved to class three. Then when you finished secondary school, you wrote common entrance, Abi. Eh? And then you moved to what? Is, it, is that what you write, common entrance? Am I correct? Am I correct? Eh? Common entrance. Why? From primary to secondary, which one do you write? Eh? Talk now. Common entrance. Faithfulness. <laughs> what do you write from primary to secondary? Common entrance. So I'm right. Clap your hands for me. Amen. So you write common entrance, you pass it, then you go to secondary school. Abby? Then you now finish secondary school. Ah, that's another one. From, from one to from two, you more write exam. If when the exam comes, you, you don't like exam and you run away from exam, what happened? You remain in that class. You know, there are some people that when exam comes, that's where they'll be sick. <laughs> Praise the Lord. When exam comes, that's where they'll be sick. They will not come to school. They repeat the same class. I have one of my, my, my daughters in law who was in university for additional three or four years. Monday, they was supposed to be there. A Christian, though. So it's not whether you're a Christian or not. When you do what is right, you move forward. So you write the exam and then you move from one level to another level. Then when you are now running from secondary school to go to the university, what, which one do you write? That's WAEC. And then you write JAM. Abi, And then you move forward. Somebody say, I don't like JAM. Okay, I don't want to be JAM in life. So when you don't collect JAM for, you are not writing JAM. You run away from JAM. Very good. No problem. You just remain on that spot forever. That's what it means. So, life is about exams. Life is about tests. Life is about challenges. You must keep overcoming them to keep going to the next step. For somebody to say, I have problems. How come it's only me? Well, it's not only you. You don't just have to manage the problem. That's your challenge. No problem weigh me down. I enjoy it. I enjoy challenges. I see them as my stepping stone to the next level. Your attitude to it determines your attitude in life. You cannot rise without overcoming challenges. You just had one right now that we overcame. If we didn't overcome that one, we'll lose this property. <laughs> Amen. And the higher you go in life, the greater the challenges. Oh. The challenges I go through, if this uh, my son go through it one day, you may not see him in church again. This one. He will run away from church. Praise the Lord. He will run away with disappear. He will say, oh God, I don't want to. Let me die. Let me die. I want to die now. I want to die now. Praise the Lord. Yet we see them and just enjoy and enjoy it. Well, I decree from today, you will never lose any battle in life again. So I have a different attitude. When they told me I would never be able to have a child, you know it didn't bother me once? It didn't bother me. It didn't bother me. Oh, God is my witness. I don't lie. They said, oh, you will not have a child in this world. I didn't bother me. I knew that that was doctor's report. God's report is higher than doctor's report. Me, I will have children. Don't I have them today? Put your hands together for God. Stop, stop allowing challenges to determine your attitude, your disposition. Many of you don't laugh again. You don't even know how to laugh again. You don't know how to laugh. You have lost your laughter face. You don't laugh again. They look at you. Your face is frowning all the time. You, are, you frown so much now that you are looking like vice, the vice Satan. The vice of devil. Every time. We are laughing now. He's not laughing. Look at the person. Is he laughing? Look at him. He's not used to laughing again. Satan has beaten him and bitter, and he has become embittered. You don't know what I'm going through. If you know what I'm going through, you won't be talking like that, Pastor. Well, good news for you, you will never lose any battle again. Divine wisdom stabilizes your life. Let's go and end quickly. Number four. 
What is in divine wisdom? That generate word, favor. Every wise man enjoys divine favor. And I'm glad to let you know this Sunday you'll be coming under a fresh baptism of divine favor and the favor impact. Take advantage of it. It will change your story. Joseph was a wise man. He commanded unusual favor. For Genesis 41, verses 37 to 44. Number five. Every wise man enjoy open doors. No door is ever closed to the wisdom of God. Doors are always open to the wisdom of God. We saw that with Daniel. Daniel chapter 5, verse 11 to 16. Doors of promotion. Doors to your next level will be open to you by the wisdom of God. That's why you need the wisdom of God. Very quickly this night, how do I access divine wisdom? Number one, you need to commit to walking in the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. You can't live your life anyhow and enjoy the wisdom I'm talking about here. No. You commit fornication, you lie, you're a pathological liar, you want to walk in the wisdom of God? No. They don't even know you're a Christian where you live. You are a Christian in the church when you come to church like this. But once you leave the church, you are a non-believer. You walk in the fear of the Lord. You run away from sin. You run away from things that defiles. Like we see from the people in the Bible. Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. Daniel, he refused to defile himself. We see that with Joseph. He refused to defile himself. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Chapter 9 of verse 10, Job 28, verse 28. Show me a man that walk in the fear of the Lord. I will show you a man that will walk in the wisdom of God. God's wisdom rests on those who walk in the fear of the Lord. Number two, you meditate on the word of God. God's word is a book of wisdom. You meditate on it. Psalm 119. Verse 97 to 100. It is a meditation in the word of God that you encounter the mind of God, which is the wisdom of God. Oh, how love I thy Lord. It is my meditation all the day. Verse 98. Thou through thy commandments has made me wiser through your word. Through your word. You have made me wiser than my enemies. For thy ever with me. Through his word, you become wiser than your enemies. You become wiser than your contemporaries. Look at the scripture that gave me success in, in school. This is the scripture that gave me success as a student. I found this scripture as an undergraduate in university. And with this scripture, when you see me in school as a student, you will like me. Amen? You will like me. Never anxious. Was always in control. You will see me teaching my colleagues. I, I was like the lecturer. I didn't behave like a student. I found the scripture that I am more understanding than all my teachers for thy testimonies and my meditation. I am more understanding than all my teachers. One day, one of my, my classmates looked at me and said, you know what? He said, I, I don't believe her. He said, I just admire you. I admire you. What was he admiring? The confidence that was displayed in the midst of the challenge of exam. You know, when there is exam, students will not shave again. They will not shave. They will not bath. Is somebody hearing me? They will not bath. They will not sleep. They will read and read and read and read and they will see a, they will see a problem when they come out. But when you see me going to exam, I go like somebody who, who was the one who wrote the exam. Put my hand in the pocket. Hallelujah. When I get to the exam, I sit down to the exam and say, Holy Spirit, let's write now. Bring to my understanding everything we have read. And then when you see me, you don't see me looking up in the exam. One day I was writing, and the, our president of the fellow with SU, FCS, was next to me. He was eating his bairu and looking up. And I was just writing, he was looking and shaking his head. So I, I stop, I look at him, I say, brother, is anything wrong? <laughs> Amen? Something is wrong. Praise the Lord. 
brother could not remember it again. You will not fail in the exam again. Somebody say it loud, amen. That's what wisdom does for you. I encounter that scripture that I have more understanding than my teachers. So if you're a student here, I'm glad to announce to you, you will never fail again. I didn't hear you looking at me. You will never fail again in the name of Jesus. I got home one day, I think last month or this month, and one of my daughters was trying to work out an account, accounting question. All right? Try to work it out. I graduated now for over 25 years. All right? I did accounting maybe about 30 years ago. So when I got there and I saw her walking, I said, what's the question? Amen? I've not climbed my job. I just came, came down from the office. And she told me, she was cracking her brain, cracking her brain. And then I heard the question. I said, this, 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 this is the answer. I said, hey, I didn't say it that way. What I learned many years ago, I taught her this month. Put your hands together for Jesus. Number four, commit to word practice. Practicing the word of God is working the wisdom of God. Matthew 7, 24 to 25. Luke 11, 49. 2 Timothy 3, 15. Number four, keep the right company. The company you de keep determines what accompanies you. If you work with wise men, you'll be wise. If you work with fools before you know it, you become a foolish man, a foolish woman, and you start losing everything you have. Work with men and women who are wiser than you. They will raise you up in life. Is somebody hearing me right now? Don't surround yourself with people who are poorer than you. People who are struggling. Before you know it, you start struggling with them. Surround yourself with men who are going somewhere, who are doing well, and then you start doing well in life. That's how to access wisdom. I can't tell you how I've been provided by the wisdom of God by those who surround me. Chapter 13 of Proverbs, verse 20. He that walketh with the wise shall be wise. A companion of fools shall be destroyed. Number five, ask for wisdom. Always pray that prayer. Lord, give me wisdom. Pray that prayer all the time. Nobody outgrow wisdom in life. Please, always pray that prayer every day. Lord, give me your wisdom. Because the problem of yesterday may not be the one that will come today. You will need a new solution to solve the one that will come today. You will need the wisdom of God. There's somebody hearing me right now. So you need to pray that prayer all the time. Lord, give me wisdom. Lord, give me wisdom. Lord, give me wisdom. Stand on your feet, everybody, and pray that prayer one minute. Lord, give me wisdom. Open, lift your two hands, everybody, and pray that prayer. Lord, give me wisdom. Pray, everybody. Open your mouth and pray that prayer. Lord, give me wisdom. Put your two hands on your head, everybody. And pray and ask God to impart to you the wisdom that you need to move to your next level in life. Pray that God will give you wisdom to move to your next phase in destiny. Open your mouth and pray. Lord, impart, put your two hands on your head, everybody. And pray from your heart. Lord, I need your wisdom upon my life. Lord, impart to me tonight the wisdom I need to generate sustainable, honorable, durable riches and wealth. Father, empower me with the wisdom I need to, to stability in life and in destiny. Lord, empower me with the wisdom I need for favor. The wisdom I need for witty inventions. Lord, give me wisdom tonight. Somebody pray from your heart. Lord, give me wisdom tonight. Wisdom that will turn my life around. Wisdom that will change my story. Wisdom that will turn my business around. Wisdom that will turn my career around. I receive it now. In Jesus' mighty name we are praying. Keep your two hands on your head. I decree an impartation of the wisdom of God upon your life tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. I decree a baptism of divine wisdom that will set you apart, that will create work for you upon your life afresh in the name of Jesus. So shall it be. Somebody's walking in wisdom from today. Let me hear a loud email I thunder. Let me hear a loud email I thunder somebody.
sit down, everybody. We are going to close now, but I want to give you, because this is the final teaching on Wednesday on Prosperity Night. Let me give you some reasons why people stay poor. This is outside what I'm teaching. Write it down, everybody. Take your Bible, everybody. When you come to church, make sure you have Bible, you have your notebook. If you don't come with notebook, you are not a serious student. Take your Bible and write the following things down. People who go to class without writing, fail exam. If you are a member of this church, you must be a student, a studious student. I'm going to run through the following things for you that will help you to come out of poverty. Number one, reasons why people stay poor. Number one, they ignore their debt. Some people are in debt, they ignore it. They borrow money, they ignore it. They live as if they are not in debt instead of seeing how to overcome the debt. So they remain in debt. Number two, they don't track their outgoing expenses. They don't track their outgoing expenses and don't, or they don't check them often enough. They don't track their outgoing expenses. They don't check what they are spending. They just spend money anyhow. They get out there and they are buying something now. They start buying. Start buying everything. Alright? They buy anything they see. Because of that, many remain poor. Number three. Their immediate happiness is more important to them than their long-term happiness. Their immediate happiness. They eat pizza now. The money for pizza could buy, could pay for a land somewhere. But they can be buying pizza every week and enjoy pizza. And using the money of pizza to waste their destiny. Why are people poor? Number three, their immediate happiness is more important to them than their long-term happiness. They would rather spend money on the now than on their future. Number four, why do people remain poor? Number four, they don't say no to people enough when something is not in their budget. They don't know to say no. How to say no? I'm not buying this. No. Somebody called for money. No. It's not in the budget. No. It's not in the budget. No. I don't, I don't, I don't have a plan for this. No. You must know when to say no to a particular thing. Is somebody hearing me right now? You didn't plan to do something in a month and somebody brought it to you and said, Ah, uh, be. It's not in your budget. I said, but, you know, they, they are my people. I must buy it. How will I show that I support them? Nonsense. When I was going to wed, my wedding ceremony, eh? I didn't buy special clothes, wedding. You know the only thing I bought that, I, I was, that was new that I bought was my blazer. I wore a blazer jacket, white shirt, black trouser, black shoe, green tie. You know. I told my best man, I gave him tie. I gave him blazer. I said, take any black trouser you see, go and wear it. Black shoe you have, polish it, wear it. Look for white shirt, wear it. I didn't put any pressure on him. He will not go and borrow money. I didn't owe anybody one naira after my wedding. Nobody. When we finished wedding like this, my wife and I just entered the plane. We disappear immediately. Nobody say, Pastor, uh, I'm the one who supply Coke and Fanta. My money. Nobody was calling me. I just enjoyed myself for two weeks. Nobody was calling me. Pastor, we have not collected our money. Oh, that's something like that. Many of you, because you want to do something, you go and put yourself on necessary debt. You must know how to say, No! You are not buying it. No! I'm not buying it now. That's how many of you spend money unnecessarily and you waste money. People who do that don't become rich. Number four. Number four. Or number five, okay. They don't pay themselves first. As money comes to your hand, don't just spend money anyhow. Pay yourself. Settle yourself first. Put some money aside for yourself before you finish the money. Number six. They don't, they don't have a rainy day. A rainy day blessing. What I mean is this. Some people don't even have know how to push themselves to receive a major blessing. A major, and like I said earlier, actually, there's nobody that doesn't have a reading day, but you don't know how to manage it. Some, some, everybody here has been blessed one way or the other with a major financial blessing, but don't just know how to engage what God has given to them. All right, so inability to engage that money 
is why people stay poor. Number seven, they don't look at how the smaller expenses rack up. Smaller expenses, small, small money that you're spending. People don't look at it. They don't know how that is what is becoming big, big expenses. They only look at large expenses. They only notice large expenses, large one. It's time for you to start noticing two naira that you spend. Five naira, ten naira, twenty naira. Look at it. The one thousand naira you give to get man, check those small, small money. When you put all those small, small money together, they are the ones that make big money. Is somebody hearing me right now? The reason why many of you stay poor is because you spend money anyhow. You just enter the supermarket. You carry that trolley. Take this one. <clears throat> ah, this one will be very good. He didn't plan to buy it. Mm, put it. Mm, put it. Before you go to the supermarket, you must have decided. One, two, three, four, five things are the things I need. I'm not spending beyond 10,000 naira. Not that you not get there. And then you say again, I look and say, oh God, what do you want? And then he says, I, say, I want um, macaroni. Ah, which one do you want? You mention, say, no, that one is not good. Come and buy this one. And the one he says, come and buy it. It's very expensive. You to go and buy it. No. You must make sure that you plan and ensure that you oversee every little, little money that comes to you. And somebody say, loud amen. Yeah. We stop there. Put your hands together for Jesus. You want to hear more? You come next Wednesday. Stand on your feet, everybody, and bless the Lord. And give him praise and glory. And now receive the grace to engage the wisdom of God for your prosperity from tonight. You must never be poor again. Now open your mouth and say, and break the yoke of poverty over your life. Open your mouth and break the yoke of poverty over your life. Break it. Break it. A close mouth is a close destiny.